Welcome to Broad Ideas. Hello. Hi. Hello. My friends. Hello, friend. Hi, friends. Hi, friends. Oh, man. I miss Rob. (laughs) Rob Rob isn't around anymore. He's here right now, which is a miracle, but we're just going to give a little shout out. I'm here, guys. He made time for us. (laughs) I always make time for you. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Do you miss us? Of course. Okay. Carry on. Wow. Honesty. He's being earnest. Uh, Today we have Jordana Brewster, who I love. I'm so excited that she came to talk to us today. She has Fast X coming out, part of the Fast and Furious franchise, of course. This franchise, it just keeps going and going. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Also, the likes of Vin Diesel, Jason Momoa, Michelle Rodriguez, Brie Larson, Jordana, of course, Jason Statham. I mean, there's so many amazing people in this film. I'm excited to see it. And uh, let's get talking to Jordana. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. Thanks for being here and driving out here and everything. And so it's so funny because I met you in New Orleans. You were doing a movie with Hayden. Do you remember? Yes, yes. And I mean, I know I've seen you over the years and stuff, and you've just always been so lovely and so oh, kind. And you. I had a lot of fun in New Orleans because I was just hanging out while you guys were working. But what an awesome city. So there's an example oh God, of somewhere there. cool to work, right? That was the summer before I had my first son. So it was like <gasps> my last hurrah. Oh, my God. Like in New Orleans. I shot two movies there that summer, and it was so much, such a great place to shoot. It's It was, I mean, I didn't shoot, but it was just so cool. Don't you love the humidity there, too? I'm I, happiest in humidity. Are you really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I love it, yeah. <laughs> I hate how dry I get in, in L.A. Yeah. I mean, I just like, I hate being cold. I'm always cold. So anywhere, Same. hot, humidity, or whatever. Yeah. And you were born... I was born in Panama. Panama. Right. And, and you as, were born. You were born. <laughs> I was born. And you once were born, you were born. Born. And how was that? 43 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, your birthday's this week. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Do you love being in your 40s? I mean, I wish I had the wisdom, the foresight, the confidence that I have now back in the day. Like, it really is wasted. Yeah. On, right? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really is. We're, yeah. I'm in such a better place now, like in every way possible. That's how we feel. Like, we're in our 40s as well. And that's mm-hmm. how we always just, like, you know so and we much. we all look great, by the way. <laughs> you look fantastic. You're so stunning. <laughs> you are. Yeah, you, you are. Guys. But you're a Taurus. Taurus, yeah. Aw, yes. Love love our Tauruses. Um, but, yeah, it's just so interesting. And especially just doing this for so long. Yeah. And it's changed so much. It has. Oh, my God. It has. How has it changed for you? For me, I feel like I feel like worked really hard to get to a certain spot, right? Where you're like, oh no, no, no you don't have to read anymore. Just have a meeting. And now, post pandemic, no one's doing meetings, Mm-mm. no one's auditioning in person, and now it's everyone puts themselves on tape. Mm-hmm. 
and there's no more feedback. So I'm like, no more feedback. There's just like, it's like a, you're living in a vacuum and you're like, wait, <laughs> but like, what am I doing any of this for then? It's, it's right. very strange. Right. So, so did they take that away for you guys? Like now everybody's reading? Well, I mean, unless you want to live in a vacuum and go, well, I'm just not going to read for or fight for anything and just no. be in like la da land, which I don't because <laughs> I want to, I love working. I, I, I have a lot of fun doing it, but then I have to fight really hard because oftentimes people are like, oh no, but she, she doesn't fit that. So I have to like prove that I can, mm-hmm. but I just find myself fighting really hard. Right. Which yeah. I didn't anticipate. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. And it is that whole, it's so funny because Olivia, like she said, she's in Pennsylvania doing a movie. She's the only person I know that I taped her and she got the part just from, I mean, without any, you know, but it's like, you don't hear a word. You just send this in out into the universe. Just like in outer space. Get on a plane in five days. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, it's just such a crazy thing. But Mm. so when, so obviously fast, you've been doing that for how many years now? Uh, like 22 years. Is it 20? Holy shit. I was not expecting you to say that. I know. That's insane. It is insane. Oh my God. It is insane. It's insane. Insane. Well, you were so young. I was a baby. I was 20. 20. 20. Wow. But there was a lull between like Fast and Furious and then when we all came back, which was Fast and Furious 4. Oh, because Tokyo Drift and then Fast and Furious 2, Too Fast, Too Furious was just Paul and Tyrese. So I feel oh, like really? those don't count. Yeah. Yeah, they don't count. I mean, they count. I mean, they, they count. count. They're valid. They're, they're like stand independently. <laughs> but like I wasn't a part of those. So there was like a five-year break. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But still, that's still a long yeah, time no, to be. Yeah, a long legacy to be a part of. I feel like it's the longest running franchise of all time. I don't know if that's a fact, but I just made we'll that just up in my it. head. Let's just claim <laughs> it. And it seems like not? it because yeah. I don't even know. What number is this one that's coming out? We're at 10. 10. I mean, Vin has been in every one. It's not like James Bond where, they're, where they change right. them up. Right. So I right. do think we're the longest running one. Oh, right. Because James Bond, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think that. No, when no, no, like, but but yeah. they switch them up. Right. And Batman, it's they different. switch them up. So. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Wow. I just, you know... I think back because like the OC has, is coming up on its 20th anniversary. I know. I know. I started watching that with my nine-year-old. No, so you didn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> Did you, I have to say like we, because Jillian's like very precocious, which gets me into trouble because I have to <laughs> remember I'm talking to a kid. Um, but we just kept commenting on all the guys had bangs the first season. Oh my- did you ever know? I was like, Julian, even um, the dad. I was like, why Why do they all have things? Oh, my God. It's such a fun show. That's so funny. I do remember Ben in particular, Mackenzie, and his hair was definitely. Always. Yeah. Bangs. Yeah. You're so right. <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> is but your it son is. into it? Yeah, he was super into it to the point where I was like, I'm going to go see Rachel Belson this morning. He was like, oh, cool. But he's also into acting now. He oh, like me on yeah. it. I know. So he's like. Like he's, it's, <laughs> I'm kind of conflicted. Yeah, how do you feel about thing. that? Just as long as he understands how much rejection you can face, how much effort you have to put into how, because every set you get on is like another camp, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like sometimes the vibes off, sometimes it's not, right. sometimes you have to like isolate, sometimes like you get along with everyone, and like how to deal with that dynamic, like. I think sometimes he thinks like, I can just hit the escape button on school because there's that option. Right. No, no, no. It's kind of like you still need to learn those skills in order to 
succeed. Right, for um, sure. In the and business. It's interesting because nine, so my daughter's eight. Definitely I'm seeing some of the signs like performing mm, and uh-huh. super animated. Like she reads things and like exclamation point she's like acting it out you know and I'm like oh no yeah but (laughs) but like you know they're young still so it's like time to kind of figure that out but also wanting to support them it's like this interesting you know conundrum or whatever but it is it's tricky do you find that it's appropriate the OC for your (laughs) (laughs) nine-year-old listen it's more appropriate than the other kind of stuff he wants to watch like he wanted to watch castaway yesterday and like he's very into (laughs) like he he's watched all of the harry potters which are also pretty dark dark. for sure i mean it's the first season's appropriate like there is that scene in in mexico where Oh, yeah, she overdoses. She overdoses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Good yeah, point. She overdoses. <laughs> you know, some stuff is, some stuff's a little inappropriate, but it kind of goes over his head. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. that there's that little window of where they're not super aware, so you can still, like, right. My daughter was listening in the car, that Victoria's Secret song, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I know Victoria, and it's like yeah. talking about, like, girls oh, with yeah, big yeah. boobs yeah. and cellulite and the yeah. secret, and I'm like, is this appropriate? But she doesn't even know what they're saying right so it's like if i bring attention to it then she's wondering why isn't this appropriate right is does she go to a co-ed school yeah i mean they're all talking about uh, they are i mean i feel like if i can sit with him and watch a show it's better than like i took his ipad away because that i have no control over right because now youtube is kind of like tiktok and he's just scrolling manically and i'm like that drives me nuts and makes me really nervous but if we can sit down for 40 minutes at a time and I can sort of hit pause if something gets right. gnarly. That then. makes a lot more sense because you're doing something with him. Right. Right. As opposed to them just going off and. That's really scary. It is really scary. And there's like yeah. the Roblox. Do, you, do your voice, do they play Roblox? <laughs> they stopped. They stopped. They stopped. Because you had them stop or? Julian is super into Roblox. Rowan's not. Rowan. How old Rowan? Rowan's six. He's, okay. He's a lot more, um, he's like super into sports. Okay. And he can watch YouTube for like a finite amount of time and and not freak out. Julian was like getting, Julian was, there's just so, again, they're so precocious. He was getting into like chats with his classmates at like six o'clock. And, and I noticed when I took the iPad away and I was like, this is no longer an option, his anxiety went down. And I was like, oh, buddy, you don't, wow. you don't want to talk yeah. to your friends. Like once I take that away, you're cool. Wow. Yeah. So sometimes so you have to give them permission to be a kid. Even though they say they don't want that, but right. it's like they they do. Yeah, I love that. Right, the iPad is a thing. Ugh, yes. it really is. It's really awful. <laughs> My son acts like a complete monster about it, and then we'll take it away, and then it's like it's like taking drugs away from an addict. Yeah, it is, and I feel like it's all or nothing. Like I then tried to get Julian the phone that can only call mm. his grandparents, me, his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I saw it. that, but it didn't work. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't really work because I found that he was still using it as a tool. Like he was calling grandma and grandpa and being like, hey, so this Sunday, um, I'd love you to take me to this museum. And I was like, you're <laughs> like, he's very, very smart. So that's great. But he, it was still like, he was still like using it to bypass my parenting. And I was like, okay, that's gone too. <laughs> Bye. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I. It is. And I've seen her son, who's seven, totally wig out, like, when she takes his iPad away. And and Briar's, like, really, like, I I 
give her an iPad on a plane and I kind of keep it to like, that's when you can have your iPad. But right. now her friends with the Roblox, like, well, if they sleep over on the weekend and then right. they do it, but I don't really know what's on. There's other kids that they can talk to and stuff. So it's just all the control thing. Plus the, like, I think on Roblox, complete strangers can talk yeah, to you. That's Yeah, anyone can okay find you. And I'm also like technologically a little bit deficient. So yeah. like I can't, the controls are constantly changing. And if you block this, then you block like every device in the house. <laughs> like I'm just, I know. Do they I've, do Fortnite too? No, oh, no, no, no. That one, so, no. Mm -mm. So last night, Elliot, my son was making an argument for Fortnite. And I said, it's not an option. You're too young. It's not age appropriate. So then my husband calls me. He's like, I just want to show you what he did. So he shows me his iPad and Elliot calls me on FaceTime and goes, I'm going to screen share with you. And I was like, what? I don't oh. even know how to do that. <laughs> so he screen shares with me and it's facts parents should know <gasps> about Roblox. I mean, about uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. And he had all this data on why he should be able to use it. And I was <gasps> like, one I'm proud of him for his, his mind. <laughs> he's in, super resourceful. You know, yeah. And he's resourceful and he's building a case and all that. The answer still no, obviously. But like, I was a little bit blown away by his data. Yeah. That's amazing. Like the screen sharing yeah. thing? Yeah. Or no, that he found yeah, the facts like, supporting and he it. he did it like an adult. He uh, was like, okay. I'm going to screen yeah. share with you. Like we were on like a work Zoom, you know? <laughs> you know, amazing. persuasive. Briar came home. In her class, they were doing like persuasive writing and all the kids were writing a letter to the parents on why they deserve whichever pet they wanted. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Briar came home. Thanks, teachers. I No. Okay. <laughs> she came home and like wrote this whole thing and her dad and I were both there when she read it to us and for a hamster. And I'm like, I do not want a fucking hamster. No. Like I do not yeah. want a hamster. And, but the letter was so sweet and so persuasive and Hayden was like, well, I think she should get a hamster. And I was like, dude, I do not so want to. can get one. <laughs> I was like, I yeah. do not want to take care of a hamster. He's yeah. like, I'll get one for her, but for your house. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. But anyway, it was just like this whole thing. And they really are learning these skills, yeah. which I think can be good later in life, but not against your parents. No, no, mm -hmm. I don't support that at all. Now, you both have two boys each. Seven and four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. nine and, and six. Are, so, nine they're and three six. years apart. Mm -hmm. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, then I have one girl, so I don't know what it's like, but I do think it is a different world, like a oh wife, my gosh. mom <laughs> that we talk about a lot because I think it's a different world, so to speak. <laughs> George is. is like, yes, I'm a boy. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it is a different world. And, you know, Rachel and I were talking about your journey in becoming a mother mm -hmm. and how you've been really open. And it's really beautiful to be able to share different stories yeah. of how women become mothers. And I love that you're putting your voice out for women mm -hmm. that Thank go through you. all different types of journeys with yeah, it. Totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, it was really nice because after I, I did, a lot of women reached out to me and they were like, I'm starting this process. What do you suggest or do you have any tips? And it was really nice to be able to, to give them like my take, even though, you know, my journey was my journey and I had very specific, um, it, it went down a very specific route, but it was really nice to be able to, to share. Yeah. But I think, you know, and what we do here a lot is just giving voice to different things that 
can be so relatable and people realize like, oh, like everyone goes through these different things. And interestingly, I mean, I don't know whether you, I I won't say what neighborhood we're in, but when I was driving down here, I was like, oh my God. Cause, cause I, I, each boy was at a, each sounds so weird. (laughs) I went to different IVF clinics basically, because the first time with Julian, it was relatively easy harvesting a healthy embryo. And then the second time around, it was like, oh my God, like it was nearly impossible. And then there's this guy in where you live. That's that's <laughs> that's like the expert on difficult cases. And I would do the drive like, I don't know, like three times a week at some point. No way. And I was just like, wow, I feel like we were sold this bullshit, frankly, that that it gets easy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or that it's life is supposed to be easy, but it was like, it was very tough to get pregnant. And and it's it's hard as a mom now because like there's always something going on with the boys where I'm like, oh my God, they're in trouble at school or oh my mm-hmm. God, I've got to figure this thing out now. Or it, it definitely does feel like um, playing whack-a-mole, but it was like a, a nice <laughs> reminder of, no, it shouldn't, this shouldn't be easy. Like that's just right. kind of a, a something we're sold. That's not true. Yeah. And I was reading, you know, because you have spoken so openly about it, that it was really easy for your mom to get She was so young too. Like I was, I guess I chose at 30 and then she was probably like 23. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely, I mean, probably that's part of it. A little easier. But Mm -hmm. how, um, how long did it take you to come to the decision to go the route of gestational surrogacy? It took me, um, I knew I would have to because there was a a medical component involved, but I didn't realize all the fertility stuff that that was going to be factored in. I thought it was actually going to be really easy to harvest the egg and have healthy embryos. And then I was like, oh no, actually this is going to be quite the journey. And then I just remember trying, you know, like going to an acupuncturist and then trying like stress relief and then trying and then going, okay, no, we're just going to go all out like drugs at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then also sometimes you don't factor in like, is it the dude? Like we look so much at the girls that never, ever, ever do we go, oh, what can he do? Right. Because sometimes they don't have strong swimmers. (laughs) <laughs> and and that depends on what doctor you see. Really? I remember at one point I was crazy and I was like, I'm going to have a third. Or at one point I thought that my husband, my current husband and I, we would have a kid, which we absolutely <laughs> don't want to. We're like, no way. No. Um, but, but depending on like what year you see a fertility doctor and who you see, they have a different take on things, which is, that's crazy. Great, but also kind of scary at the same time. Right. That's so yeah. interesting. Like you it don't, is. I didn't realize there's so many different yeah. ways. There's so many different factors. So I think it's great that women are freezing their eggs early on. Right. Yeah. But it's still not a guarantee. Like it's still such a journey and to it's get there. so much to put your body through and it's a expensive lot. and there's all these factors, right? Super expensive. Right? And it's also like, it's just... <sighs> For someone who loves control, and I love control, <laughs> like I love knowing, I love That's knowing true. like what the schedule is going to be like. How, what does the year look like? What can I? Wow. Um, and it comes up a lot in in parenting too. Like I have a lot of Julian's very similar to me, and I often like this this weekend I spent a great part of my weekend like getting him to like get his head around like this math test that he oh. and I'm like 
Sometimes I just step away completely, and sometimes I just get in there, and I'm like, Julian, sit down. Um, no TV until you get this. Right. But um, but you just, they're like, oh, we're going to measure your follicles this day. And then, and, and I was just like, what can we do to make the follicles perfect? You know, like, that was my attitude, and you can't. Right. Like, just relax. And you're like, you're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, a thousand percent. Right, right. It's so hard. It's oh hard my. to relinquish control. Yeah, they're like, it just is. relax and give up coffee. and you know, Give up coffee. Oh, you're like, oh you're really God. fucking with it, me it was now. Like, it was like, give up coffee, uh, avoid stress. And the, <laughs> like, it was, it was so. And then, of course, with surrogacy, I was, um, my first gestational surrogate I loved. And we were in contact with each other a ton and. Um, but you can't be like, hey, could you only eat this way or could you only So that's oh, interesting. That so someone hard. Yeah, someone who loves control, yeah. how were you able to relinquish that control? I really put just I completely put my trust in her and just had to because th- that can't feel good either if you're right. carrying someone's baby and they're right. like, Hey, like Oh my God. Don't it's like the, mo- the most He's annoying like mother-in-law ever. Like just totally. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. That's so interesting to, I haven't ever thought about that because, yeah. you know, she's carrying your embryo and yeah, what goes into that. But so what was that process like? Like picking the person? Well, well when I did it, it was, uh, I started the process like 10 years ago. So it was very new and the agencies weren't quite as, it wasn't as big an industry as it is mm-hmm. now. Although I wonder now what's going to happen. I mean, I'm so lucky I did it when I did because I feel like it's going to change now with the laws changing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I researched the agencies and some were very like, look at the headshot and, you know, look at this <laughs> bio. And it was almost like online dating. <laughs> and I was put off by that. And then I found an agency where everyone who worked at the agency had experience with gestational surrogacy. They had either been one or they had used gestational surrogacy. Mm. So I felt like they would get it. And when I spoke to the head of the agency, she said, I know the perfect person for you. And she had kids, her own kids. She had gone through gestational surrogacy, which was very important to me because I felt like I was just so nervous that she would bond with the baby and then th- that would get complicated. Yeah. But had she, she already had gone through it. So I wasn't nervous about that. And then we just communicated a ton. Yeah. And the great part was that I was uh, filming t- Dallas and I was in Texas and she lived in Dallas. So there were, there were just, and and my doctor was from Dallas, even though he was <laughs> based in LA. So I just felt like there were all these yeah. signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I found her. Yeah. But it's a beautiful story. Like just yeah. the journey and all the kismet things, like you said, that yeah, came together. Totally. So then with your second son, it was a different surrogate. It was a different surrogate. It wasn't intentional. It's just that my former surrogate was very, very fertile and she got pregnant with her own <laughs> child got it. we were trying. <laughs> and so then we had to go with someone else. And it it was, she helped. She was there throughout the process and she was sort of coaching but it was different. It was someone who was doing it for the first time. And I think it was a different experience for sure. It was yeah. great, yeah. but it was just, it was a little it different. Was different. Yeah. Broad Ideas is supported by OptiGreens 50 from First Form. OptiGreens 50 is a precisely formulated green superfood powder meant for overall immune system support and digestive health. About 80% of your immune system is located in your gut and digestive tract, so healthy digestion is essential for overall health and wellness. OptiGreens 50 has 50 hand-chosen ingredients. 
It's not necessarily how many ingredients. The more important point is that there is the right amount of each of the ingredients. Taste and texture are like no other product on the market. Not gritty and it has a sweet berry flavor from natural flavors. We are so confident in the flavor that if you don't like it, we offer a 110% money back guarantee. Send it back if you don't think this is the best tasting and highest quality greens powder on the market and we'll give you your money back plus 10%. 100% of the greens ingredients are all grown and manufactured in the USA. Low temperature processing increases the bioavailability of the product, meaning your body can more effectively utilize the nutrients in the product instead of the nutrients being high temperature processed, which leads to lower usable nutrient content for your body to benefit from. Visit firstform.com slash ideas. That's one S-T-P-H-O-R-M dot com slash ideas. Firstform.com slash ideas. Broad Ideas is supported by Hatch. Do you wake up yawning, rolling yourself out of bed with groggy eyes after a long night in and out of your child's room trying to coax them back to sleep? With the Hatch Rest, your child will sleep better so that you can too. Waking up feeling refreshed and being a parent to young children don't usually go hand in hand, but with the hatch rest, restful nights for the entire family can be your new reality. If bedtime is more like a blanket battle or a snooze stalemate between you and your children, you need to add the hatch rest to your bedtime toolkit. The new and improved second generation hatch rest makes sleep better and more magical for your entire family. The all-in-one hatch rest is a smart sleep device with a sound machine and nightlight that grows with your kids. Babies love the continuous sound of white noise and lullabies for a soothing and comfortable sleep environment. Toddlers and big kids build sleep independence with color and sound cues. The time for bed pairing alerts them that it's time to wind down for the night. And in the morning, a time to rise signal lets them know when it's okay to get out of bed for the day, keeping those early risers in bed longer. I love that feature so my daughter knows when she can actually get out of bed and wake me up. It really comes in handy. Because before they can read the time, you have the light and it makes your life a little bit better. The rest has helped over 3 million babies and parents get restful sleep. It's no wonder that it's consistently a top baby registry item. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners up to 15% off your purchase of a Hatch Rest and free shipping at hatch.co slash ideas. So if you're ready for improved sleep for your kids and yourself, go to hatch.co slash ideas to get up to 15% off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash ideas. It's the same as having pregnancies. Each pregnancy is different. Totally. Yeah, totally. And they come in, like my first pregnancy was great. Second pregnancy was horrible. Like you never know. Wow. And both boys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I found that I was... On a personal level, I was way more relaxed because with my first one, I was like reading all the books Mm -hmm. and I had this idea that I was going to be like really like this chill mom who followed, oh my God, I thought I was going to follow, what's that thing where they only play with wooden blocks? Oh yeah. (laughs) The Montessori or the- um, Montessori. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just had all these expectations for what motherhood would be like because I meditated, but I, I didn't like- having a baby sent my nervous system into overdrive and I became like this anxious. I mean, I I didn't become, I just reverted back into like my, because it's really hard to juggle career. Like, and I was very, my critical brain like went into overdrive with having um, Julian. But then with Rowan, I was like, oh, okay. I know what this is like. And I just enjoyed it more. So I was, Mm. and, and I was home. I was in LA. I wasn't 
like on set. Mm. And I also didn't, I felt so weird about the whole thing that I didn't tell anyone that right. I was expecting a baby. So they were like, once I did tell everyone, they're like, we're going to have a baby shower. And I was like, I don't deserve one because oh, yeah, no. it was, it was sad. I was so self-critical about how it was happening and I didn't fully like own it. And I, in retrospect, I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that. I'm happy that you've come to that now. Yeah, Cause I also, totally. you were saying like, you didn't give yourself permission to take maternity leave. Is that mm-hmm. right? It's the same kind of thought process. That same you... kind of thought process, but I think it's also that toxic thought process that actresses feel oh, where God. we're like, we don't, it's like feast or famine. We don't right. know, like, how could I not take the job? Like, I don't know what's around the corner. Right. Know? Yeah. It's such a hard thing, you know, it and, is. and, but just that you were so, you know, it just makes me so like sad that you yeah. bring yourself to be like, I don't deserve a baby shower, or, you know, the yeah. time off or whatever. But I feel like we are so hard on ourselves and the judgment and and whatever else. And but it sounds like you really have come through it and totally. Well, I'm in our forties, <laughs> in our forties, and I've also like my gestational surrogate used to say like, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing the hard work; it's having them, <laughs> like my, like it's like raising them. And I think. uh I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really earning my strength. <laughs> so now, like a thousand good. percent, because the baby's yeah. born, you're you're yeah. in, you know. Yeah, totally, that's definitely the the totally. hardest part. Being a parent is hard. It's really hard. It's so hard. And did you experience any postpartum? Because I know that women, we've talked to women that have experienced it, just in the sense of like whether it's postpartum anxiety or depression, I don't personally think it needs to be attached to your physical hormones. Mm. It's like kind of this mourning of your old life and accepting this new life that you're now responsible for. And it does change your nervous system. Did you experience any of that? Well, it it did change my nervous system. Um, I don't think I experienced postpartum, but I was definitely... Oh, gosh, it was also Dallas in the winter. So I wasn't allowed to like, because of the flu season, I wasn't allowed to bring him to baby groups or I didn't mm. find my people. Mm. And then when I went back to LA, it was very, I don't know if you guys have found this at all, but I it, I found like all the mommies. I felt like anytime I went to a mommy group, I felt like, oh my God, these girls hate me because I had a gestational surrogate and I'm an actress and they're judging me. And I just felt like an outsider. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I don't belong in this group. Like imposter syndrome sort of? Yeah, I totally felt that way. Um, And now like with my son's friends, moms, like I have people that are, are, are my people and it just takes a long time. And I feel like I feel like it's very specific to American culture because of the shows we watch, because of the books we read. Like, if you think about bringing up baby, I think it's that's what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the French have a different version of what it's like to bring up children, and you can be fallible. Or if you watch, gosh, what was that British show uh, with the two sisters? Oh, she's so brilliant. She's a comedian. Oh, uh, some people yeah. have a more realistic version yeah. of what motherhood is, and it doesn't encompass yeah. their whole life. Whereas for us, we're supposed to be like, we're either the whores that are the worst moms, or we're like perfect moms who go to every soccer game with all the right. snacks. And <laughs> there's no in between. It's the same thing happens yeah. with Instagram. Like when you're scrolling mm. and oh, you're God. like, oh, yeah. 
It's, I mean, it's I can either, imagine. It's either you're the exhausted mom who like, uh, or you're the best mom. And it's just like, there's no, there's no room for gray. And I've actually, this is like an area I'd love to explore with like TV or movies where I think there, there's room for like, guys, let's show like real. Fle- Fleischman's in Trouble did that Oh my God, a little bit. love that show. Like Claire Danes' Breakdown. Or, I think they did a really good job of like, no, you you have permission to like, not love every single second, Moment. you know? I feel yeah. like it's just not in the conversation enough. Yeah, it's just, it's really shining a light on all of it because there's mm-hmm. so many areas and it can be really hard, but I haven't finished Fleischman's actually. Oh my God, I was so watching so the first, like, It's very three, nuanced. Maybe. It is. And I love how they flipped it. Like, at first, you were kind of, like, upset with Claire Danes. You were like, why would she? Totally. And then I don't want to ruin it for She's people. She's so good. Now I know what happens, George. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, George. <laughs> it's a totally, one. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. No, show. I'm I'm kidding. But yeah. It's really good. But any of those shows that really I haven't seen Working Moms. Weren't you saying, Olivia, that that one I love of, it. That one's British, right? Is that the British one? No, it's Canadian. Oh. Well, it's not American. <laughs> it's not American. <laughs> no, but no. I I will. I'll see it. It's really funny. But I think motherhood, have you heard that poem Welcome to Holland? No. Oh yeah. That oh, one is that's Kaylin's favorite. Please look it up today because someone actually Rachel's um sister-in-law gave it to me when my son was born because he was born with all kinds of health issues and it's this poem about hey it's basically like your plane went to the wrong place. It wasn't where you thought you were going. Right. But you're here. Like, look at the tulips. Look at the, and it's basically welcome to Holland. Like mm-hmm. you were going to Paris, but you ended up in Holland. Mm. And I think that encompasses motherhood that yeah. none of us saw, at least the three of us right now, I don't think any of Mm-mm. us saw our lives the way they went right, right? like right. me having a child that um had special needs you going through surrogacy Rachel you know in a co-parenting situation you think oh i'm going to get married i'm going to have kids and it's going to mm-hmm. be just like everyone portrays it right. and then you get there and you're like oh shit yeah this totally. is not what i saw coming yeah well that's the same for you right because you're remarried you had your Children with your first husband. Mm-hmm. And my current husband has four. What? It does. How old? Oh my What's God. the age range? <laughs> the age range is 17 to 7. Oh, and it's wow. different. Mason is uh, more involved in parenting my sons. And he's awesome. Like, I actually Aww. shifted a lot of my parenting through his eyes. But yeah, co-parenting with my ex can be really challenging because right. the different styles. And I'm like, dude, we need to have the same rules like when they're with you on the weekends like please don't cancel the, all the activities i oh no for this but yeah it's like it's a very it's a it's it's complicated it's hard right yeah because yeah, when it's different households different rules or whatever it is and right different ideas and that can be challenging for sure but you have four stepchildren and mm-hmm. the youngest is seven mm-hmm. and so how do your boys do with their newfound step siblings or not new. I don't know how it, long it it's all been. went down. Um, it all went down uh, during the pandemic. So it was really, and it was funny. Like the welcome to Holland metaphor is really perfect for this too, because I thought like we're going to be like the Brady bunch, and it's going <laughs> to be like, and they're all going to love each other, right? And, um, and I didn't take into account like, 
oh, wait, you're Papa Bear to your biological kids. And when they're fighting, like you go in on your side, I go on my side. Like it, oh, it's like a whole different thing. Um, but they all get along pretty well, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's kind of beautiful because my Julian really looks up to Harry, who's like this, like really, really smart, really great. The 17 year old, he's awesome. And so they just have a great role model. That's so cool. In their stepbrother. Yeah. And what's really the cool. like percentage of time? Like are all the kids in your one house a lot of the time together? No, no, they're not. It's mainly like sometimes in the summers, um, like sometimes weekends, because he's based in San Francisco and some of the kids are in boarding school. So I it's see. not super. Wait, your husband now is based in San Francisco? No. Yeah. But yes. he, oh. San, he goes San Francisco, LA. Got it. And then, yeah. But it works out because it's like, I see. Gone, okay. Off. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Sorry mm-hmm. for the super. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the co-parenting thing is a thing, you know, and and I respect that you've done it and with your blended family and all of it. I mean, I feel like that's a lot to juggle. I think it's hard for someone who likes structure. Like, I don't know what you do, but it's like, I, I always want to impose a system on something and sometimes you can't, like you have to mm-hmm. be flexible. But I think my lawyer was suggesting a someone who helps you with the kid stuff. Oh, okay. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I just want to sort of figure it out. But then when it comes to like, because with my ex, he's a producer. So sometimes he's in town, sometimes he's not. And so we can't have like a fixed right schedule where right. everything's set, but that's also what my kids need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's complicated. It is complicated. Yeah. We don't have any sort of traditional schedule either no you can't no yeah because just the way it goes you don't Mm -hmm. know where you know whoever's gonna be but I think you know communicating is huge and it's it's I'm just like thinking about like how your husband splits his time between San Francisco and LA (laughs) I kind of think so I have this whole new belief system and theory okay and I've said this before because I'd always be like um like Hayden's older sister her husband is a um captain of a boat and he spends I was on not expecting you to say boat. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's rad. Like he's amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. And he's awesome. And you know, their whole relationship has been like he'll be two months in town, two months wow. on the boat. Yeah. And I would always be like, how do you have a relationship? And as yeah. I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, this is why you have a lasting relationship. <laughs> yeah. You know? Kids. Yeah, they have one kid. They have okay. one daughter. But yeah, and like when the kid was younger, like they could go be on the boat with him and whatever. But right. but it's just interesting because I'm like, oh, I feel like that actually is maybe the not the obviously there's successful marriages and relationships. It's, but I don't think it's the key because in my first marriage, we oh we spent a lot of time apart, a lot of time apart. Got and, it. And I was home a lot with the kids, and and he was on the road, and and that didn't work at all. So I feel like this is so different for me because I see him a ton and I right. start spiraling when I'm like, wait, 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 there's like two weeks on the schedule where we don't see each other at all. And <laughs> so, so this feels like a lot to me because, um, we see each other basically every week. Cause he also sometimes doesn't have his kids on like Wednesday and Thursday. And so he'll come back and, right. um, and we figure it out, but yeah. So I think you do need to be there with each other. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure you do. I make it sound like the only way I'm going to be in a relationship is if I never see him. But you know, (laughs) it's like the secret of divorce, which is amazing. What? Time away from your kids with each other. Like that, I never knew. Secret to divorce? That's so interesting. No, the secret to like a happy marriage. (laughs) You're like, so yeah. Like 
when people have kids after divorce, I'm like, wait, but that means you're with kids like 24 seven. Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. get a break. You don't get a break. <laughs> because when when we have like a weekend where it's just right it's, it's you get time together yeah, yeah that's it's amazing awesome. i know yeah. it's so funny olivia i have heard that yeah but you always say to me like when i have like a night and i'm like well you know briar's not here i'm in bed like binging love is blind or whatever so relaxing. <laughs> is, you know it she's like i've never thought about or when perks. you're working do you really feel like you're working <laughs> like so, no. i know it's like it's a, like a break. secret sometimes when i'm like when i was in puerto rico i was like Oh my God. Like my stress level just went down. Even though, <laughs> as I said, I had all these lines of blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is nothing compared to being home. Right. Because, <laughs> like, you're, if, and I was talking to Olivia about it before she left. I'm like, I know you're like anxious. You're going to leave the boys. And it's real. I'm like, but once you get there, oh my and God. You have your alone time, you're going to totally. be like, oh my God. Like, she binged SVU, I think, for 12 hours straight or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But you know what I found that I'm doing that I find really, peculiar reading it, no I'm, I'm kidding <laughs> yeah breathing no I still do everything like they're here like when I go to place like I put my Advil down and it's like I have to make sure to put it up so no one can get it or I drop something you know I'm oh, that's still funny programmed to always be looking out for the dangers for them and I keep reminding myself like you're alone yeah. <laughs> you can put your Advil wherever you want. That's right. So funny. I know we're all programmed. You know, it's hard to shake that. My biggest fear is like the pot gummies that are around because they look like candy. They do. Oh, it no. terrifies me that, I mean, I can't. It gives me such anxiety. You need to get like the little portable safes. Portable safes. That was something. So when Mason came into the picture, he was like, what are you doing? (laughs) This house is, this is like a a madhouse. And then he had all these hacks that, that have made my life so much. So we put the, well, we have one for that because once the dogs got into that, and that was like a, that was a disaster. But, um, but also remote controls. So you're not fighting over remote controls. iPads go in the safe. Oh my God. And so you're just like, you're like, until you do the hour of homework, uh, we're not opening the remote controls gone. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Halloween candy. That's all in the safe. <laughs> like, it's all in the safe. That is so smart. Yeah, not the same safe. Right. You're yeah, like the candy and the iPad. No. Yeah, we have, <laughs> we have three. You have three safes. Yeah. So this was a newly introduced thing. With yeah. It's amazing. That is, well, I guess he's had experience with you know, the 17 year old. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. I know. I hide the candy up top of the fridge. I was hiding stuff, but then I was forgetting. I'd forget, right? Like where I put. Oh yeah. Everything, and then I was oh, like, forget it. Oh yeah, because you don't remember, and you're like, well, who's gonna find it? Yeah. That's a. I forget like, everything brilliant. except for where I put the candy. That <laughs> I remember. She doesn't mess. Don't mess with her. Sees candy in particular. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She gets real. Like her husband will eat some of hers, and she just sees candy. I love like um, for, just because it was just Easter. They're making now like fruity pebbles in chocolate. What? It, they're I've so had it. good. I had one you had it. I had it. Didn't yeah. you love it? It's like crunchy. It's like Rice Krispies. Cr- yes, it. it's, it's like so Crunch good. Bar, but like fruity. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and, I think and I'm it's gonna... white chocolate. It's so good. Oh my god, I have a really th- like if there's anything new and I see it candy wise, gum wise, whatever, I have to try it. It's I'm gonna really try. Good. I mean, that sounds that sounds great. Broad Ideas is supported by Lumi. Booty B.O. sounds funny. Having it? Not so much. That's why I am so excited to tell you about Lumi, the world's best whole body deodorant. It's clinically proven to control odor everywhere. Pits, privates, and beyond. 
for a whopping 72 hours. As an OBGYN, Lumi's founder, Dr. Shannon Klingman, met thousands of women concerned with odor below the belt. Through clinical testing, she discovered it wasn't the vagina to blame, but bacteria on the skin. So she created Lumi, a pH-optimized aluminum-free deodorant that actually works. And it works everywhere, with over 150,000 five-star reviews to prove it. As a special offer, new customers now get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with code IDEAS at lumideodorant.com. I love using anything that's aluminum-free. I've been a huge advocate for that under the pits for a very long time. But now knowing that you could use it anywhere with Lumi is great. Why not try it? Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack with code IDEAS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumedeodorant.com and use code IDEAS. Uh, it's really good. So um, I know you do work with Paul's foundation, mm-hmm. and we knew Paul as well. Yeah. Um, obviously not as closely as you, but um, I just wanted, if you wanted, like, an opportunity to talk about his foundation and, like, yeah. the work you guys do, because I think it's beautiful. I think, I mean, when he passed away, it was kind of um, incredible the impact it had and how many people were affected by it. And I think that was a reflection of just what a good, pure person he was. Yeah. Um, and so I just want more than anything for his legacy to continue through the Paul Walker Foundation. And I love that Meadow's a part of yeah. it as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Brandon and I and, and Meadow were all just figuring out like how to keep it going, how to keep the legacy going. And, and yeah, so it's, it's yeah. something. And so right now we have a giveaway where we're trying to get everyone to buy tickets or raffle tickets so then they can have an opportunity to go to the premiere for Fast X in Rome. I saw that. Oh, in yeah. Rome. Awesome. Yeah, I know. It'll be really fun. <gasps> I want to enter. Me too. We're really good friends with Brandon and Jessica. Yeah, we know I Brandon love, really well. They're the, by the way, they're the best parents. Like talk about they awesome amazing? people, awesome parents. Like, yeah, they're amazing. We've been friends with them for like 20 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Something like that. Yeah, Brandon. Something I mean, crazy like that. He's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So I think that's, that's awesome, though, that to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, a premiere in Rome doesn't sound right. Either. It'll be really fun. I'm trying to find my dress for it. I you really are? Haven't, I haven't hit on it yet. Really? Yeah. You have, you're working with someone. I'm working with, yeah, I love my stylist, Katie Boffshiver. And she's super, because um, we had a fitting and we tried on a bunch of, but I, like I, <laughs> 48 hours later, I was like, Katie, I don't think that's it. Oh. And she's like, I totally agree with you. I was thinking the exact same thing. Aww. Yeah. On the same page. On the same page. That's yeah. nice. That's also like ruminating on something which I tend to do. And it's like for <laughs> two days, then I'm like, I don't, I need something else. <laughs> totally. If you're obsessing about it, there's something, right? Yeah. There's something about it. I totally. obsess over too much though. Same. Yes, George. Oh, no. Agreeing. <laughs> George is raising his Elimination hand. Elimination CEO over here. I know. Totally. I know. It's so hard, but I, I, I'm really excited for this next installment. Um, and you also went to Yale, which yeah, I think Yale is yeah, right. That's amazing. Which is amazing. Uh, which I can't even wrap my head around. Like I could barely do community college, but I, <laughs> I think it's so awesome and respectful. And I think that's thank you. Were you acting before and then you like stopped and went to Yale? Yeah, I started at 15 on a soap opera. And that's like when I started 
doing really well at school because I, then I shifted to from Sa- Convent of the Sacred Heart to Professional Children's School in oh, New York. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was a really great system where they were like, you don't have to have the paper in by Tuesday, but as long as you have it in by the end of the week, given your work schedule. Yeah. And so I just had more autonomy and it allowed me to yeah, I, I believe in myself more, which I think is really, really important. Absolutely. Clearly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, then I, so I did the soap for three years. Then I got the faculty, got into Yale, deferred for a year because mm-hmm. I had some cool opportunities. But I knew that once I got in, like I didn't have the faith in myself to like drop out <laughs> and then come back. I was like, no, 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 I'm in, I've I've got this. So then I graduated. Wow. What did you yeah. study? Like, what was your major? English. I love reading. Oh my God, cool. So yeah. does Rachel. Rachel loves to read. I do. I mean, I wish I read more, but I, I do love Well, it's hard, book. right? Right, it's hard finding to, like, time. Yeah, it's hard to, I like reading like during the day. It's really hard to read at like 8.30. I'm like, oh yeah, because yeah. it, yeah, it makes you puts fall. you, with those yeah, right out. I've done it where I've been on a plane. What did you say? I said, especially with the gummies. You can't read out <laughs> of gummy. No, nope. <laughs> do you read like cheesy books too or just like super like... No, I like really good books. Like what are you reading right, right like, now? Like right now I'm reading this book by Paul Auster. Okay. That's really, that really is. good. Um, <laughs> my dad has really good recommendations. So I bug my dad for recommendations and then my uh, college roommate who who works at the London Review of Books. She'll just wow. recommend stuff. You went to Yale with her. He did. So she, yeah. <laughs> she probably yeah. Of course, you're wow. like, yes, at the London Review of At the books. London Review <laughs> she's, she's Naturally. Awesome. Yeah. That's, but I like, I like dense stuff. What do you like? Yeah. I mean, I do a mixture. But like mm-hmm. if I want mindless, you know, especially like on the plane with my kid and I'll just like cram a book because you have that dedicated time yeah. where they're on their iPad and you can read. Um, I'll usually go for more just entertaining. But does she like reading? So here's what's interesting. There's some kind of block with her. Mm-hmm. And she can read, but she's like not wanting to. And I think Same. she's feeling insecure yeah. about it. And she's really good at math, which is not me. I don't know where she gets that. But she's kind of like, there's different groups in her school and like levels. And mm-hmm. um, she's just, she's at her grade level, but there's kids in her school that are like, mm-hmm. you know, advanced. So she's struggling a little bit with it. And it makes me sad but she i think she'll catch up me up too yeah yeah she can definitely read she's definitely at grade level but it's still this thing you feel as a parent you're like you know it's just always just constant stress and yeah you want them to be able like i want julian to be able to like escape in a book and feel that um sense of like peace and Mm -hmm. and and but he's similar he like resist and i'm like hey like, let's not argue about it for 20 minutes. Just, like, get it done. Yeah. And he, but he'd rather fight me. And yet, like, because of this acting class yesterday, he's like, let's read The Sea and Mom. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, like, he's reading no problem. And I'm like, well, interesting. Okay. But that's the same thing with my daughter. It's because it's their homework is, like, you have to do 20 minutes a night. So she feels like right. it's homework and she has to do it. Yeah. But she resists it. But then if she just has a book. She took it with her to school this morning, was reading the whole way to school. Oh, that's awesome. I know, which is a rarity. But like yeah. she did. And it was just interesting when you put it in a different way that they're more open to it. Right. But yeah. that's good parenting and good teaching. Like I, I remember I had one great teacher who I was struggling in school and he sat me down. And he's like, what interests you? And I said, I want to act. And so he changed my whole curriculum for the year <sighs> and had amazing. me only read plays and write about plays. And 
it was the first A I'd ever gotten because I resisted. I was dyslexic and mm-hmm. resisted it. Mm-hmm. But because I liked the acting aspect, like your son, right? I could I could retain the information, but I couldn't the other way. Right. So it's kind of like meeting them where they're at and being like, what interests you? And starting there, and that's where they fall in love. Yeah. Yeah. That's Not trying to point. force them that's into true. That's a good you know, teacher. Falling. You know? Olivia, yeah. she's so smart. <laughs> What's your favorite book, Jordana? I know it's a hard question, but I'm curious now. Well, our question was, if you could only read one book for the rest oh, of your life, what would it be? That's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to hear yours. If I could only read one book for the rest of my life, yeah. I mean, it would be like... Maybe to the lighthouse by Virginia Woolf or Ooh. Paradise Lost by Milton, like something really where you can just keep reading it and reading it and reading wow. it and like yeah, analyzing it. Have you read ways. it like your some of your favorites over again to like get a new perception of it? No, yeah. Paradise Lost, <laughs> no, but I will probably a hard one to reread. Yeah, no, but I should. Some some days I want to, and then I start, and I'm like, <laughs> but hard. I yeah. Oh my goodness, that be yeah, that's hard to pick, but I feel like those are really good. Yeah. Um. I don't know that I can pick one. Mine would be like, uh. <laughs> not Paradise Lost. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that though. Um, what movie would depict your life? She's like Fast and the Furious. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, what movie would de- I? I love. I love comedies. I love Step Brothers. Oh my god! So much. <laughs> but like. Uh, it wouldn't depict my life, but like. But our other question was if there was one movie that you could live in, which would it be? Do you feel like it's Step Brothers? I feel like it's Step Brothers. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough or question. Or like Anchorman. Or Anchorman. Um, I would love if you were like, that depicts my life. <laughs> um, but maybe like, I don't, I remember like Never Ending Story and a tray yes. and like just. I feel like something like that, where it's just everything's like the challenges just keep coming up in every decade and you have to sort of like figure out, okay, how how are we going to slay this dragon? I love that. Wait, that's so good. Thank you. Man, that was a good answer. Very beautiful. Well, she went to Yale, Rachel. She went to Yale. The Yale Yale is showing. Yeah, community (laughs) college over here. I'm like, well. (laughs) Um, What do you find unforgivable? Ooh, you know what I, I... What really makes me mad (laughs) is laziness. Oh, Mm. I don't like, and, and again with like, it's something I have a lot of trouble with, with, um, in, in like parenting. I'm like, dude, like, I know you can do it. So like, let's cut it out with the, with the lazy. Cause I can, I can even forgive someone that like tells a white lie or Mm. that like is Mm -hmm. bitchy or mean spirited one day. Cause I'm like, oh, we all have our days, but like to, to just be like, Lazy and entitled is like Oof. the worst. Entitled is the worst. The worst. I can't with that. But I feel like they kind of go hand in hand they sometimes do. where it's like, no, I don't need to do that because I, you know, I deserve this. And it's like, what? Oof. Uh-uh. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Drives me nuts. Have you found you've come across that a lot in your professional life? I have found that things used to be a certain way in the industry and it's shifting. Mm. And sometimes I can't tell whether like we're getting older and like every generation does this where they're like, you know, back in the day. But but I feel like because of TikTok and influencers and like it's just shifting so fast that I'm like, wait, what? What? Like, right. What's happening? Right. It's just 
different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you feel about um, social media and as far as your kids go? Well, as far as my kids go. And then you as well. But as far as I go, I'm trying to get better at it. And like, I'm trying to empower myself instead of feeling like a victim to it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm just like, fuck this. Like I give <laughs> up. I'm not going to try anymore. But then sometimes I'm like, oh no, I'm going to like work with someone I like who can like shoot content and I can figure this out in a better way. Right. Because I feel like we all have to figure it out at some right. point because it's where we're going. Um, with my kids, no way. <laughs> yeah. Not, not for, like, n- not, because Ever. I think, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, I guess they have to have cell phones when? When they're, like, 13? I, I was just talking about this, you know? In my dream world, I'm, like, 16, but that's not realistic, right? right? And then we can implant, like, little trackers on them. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, for sure. Because it is important for that. I will say, like, I agree. Mason can see, like, oh, my kid's here because they're tracking their phones. Right. Which is By like, the way, great. that's great. Thank God our parents didn't have it when we were growing up. I because, know. I mean, imagine if they could track everyone. And I grew up in the city in New York. In so my mom would be like, what are you doing at Bungalow A? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like our kids are fucked. They are. <laughs> you know? They are. But yeah, I agree with you on that stuff. And being able to get a hold of us. Like if they're... Yeah, that's super important. Because again, like kids are savvy. Then they're reading message boards. Then they're Googling... I mean, all kinds of stuff. It's yeah. just... Yeah, it's scary. How old were you when you got your first cell phone? Well, it was probably like when they were invented. They weren't, <laughs> yeah. they weren't smartphones. I, I had the clear phone like that, you know, I like had... Like the home phone that remember was clear? The home, oh, yes, for I sure. Absolutely. And then you couldn't avoid people. You couldn't like ignore calls. You had to like... Like I would feel nauseous when someone was calling me. Oh my God. Hello? Same way. That's so terrifying. Terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't Um, even know when cell phones. I know when I was 16, my dad put a car phone in my car. Oh my God. Just in case of emergencies. And it was like an actual car. You you started driving at 16? I did. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I wasn't in New York. You know, I grew up here, so it's probably different, I would imagine. But yeah, I was on it because I was like, I want, but you I know. think kids don't want their license anymore. They don't. Because of Uber and stuff now. Yeah. Well, they don't. Yeah. You're right. There's so many kids that are like so 18 weird. and they're like, okay, maybe I'll get it now or yeah. whatever. But I think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing for them to be older. Yeah, I don't driving. want my kids to drive. I don't either. Ever? Right? You don't ever want them to drive? I mean, eventually. But like, <laughs> You're like 32. <laughs> no, no. Cell yeah. phone at 13 and then I guess driving later. I, I would love I would love for kids to like reject because also what's happening to our attention span. Right. Yeah, like sometimes I feel like my nervous system is like complete, like I'm going to have like a nervous breakdown and then I'm like, wait, I need to like turn everything off. Right. And chill. And I feel like for them, it's like to always be around people and then always be accessible and always be, mm-hmm. it's like they have to be comfortable with themselves mm-hmm. and being quiet. And, and I kind of like the idea, you know, some people are buying, they're called, dumb phones or mm-hmm. like yeah. the old school phones. Yeah, I've heard of that. I what do you love, mean? Like a flip phone? Yeah. Like yeah. I would, I would love, love to so reject. So it doesn't have all the, the apps and everything on just texting. Well, they do make phones for kids that don't have apps or anything. Yeah. It's just. But I would love like teenagers to go, you know what? I don't want all this stuff. Right. Let's go back to Yeah. It. How do we go back to that? Yeah. Right. I think that would is. be cool. Well, their brains are still forming and stuff at that age. Yeah. So when they're on social media and it's like warping the perception of what beauty standards are and stuff. But is it just social media or is it also. um. Just the constant, like, it's just so much, what's that word? Um, 
stimulation. Yeah, it's so much stimulation because it's like five seconds, five seconds, two seconds. And then they can choose like, not this, not this, not this. Yes, this for two seconds. And then I'm going to switch to this. And it's like, what? That's not the way the world works. No, it's not. I feel it happening to me too. And I, you know what I mean? And my brain's already developed. What? Just like just that overstimulation where like, can't. Yeah. And then you get to a coffee shop and you're like, wait, there's a line. Like, I can't. That's exactly right. Like, it's the nervous light. system, though. Yeah. yeah. It gets yeah. fried out. For sure. It does. I know. I, I just, I don't like how, like, Briar can, like, work a phone and iPad, like, way better than mm-hmm. I can. And it's, it's like, so weird. Mm-hmm. But I do like that she's learning how to type on a keyboard. She's in second grade and they're showing them, like, yeah. how to, and I didn't learn that until I was much older. Middle school for me. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what is your love language? Do you know? Do you mean, like, how I... Feel appreciated, yeah. I like or how both. I show, or both. Oh both. yeah, both. We like both. So <laughs> we've actually figured this out because we talk about it a lot. I love that my husband's like sensitive and evolved, and so my love language is, um, like him picking me up, him making space for me, him writing me notes, yeah, gifts. But that's like you're like, like all of the love language work for me. Kind of all of the love languages compliments, like right. Um, <laughs> yeah, time, time. Like when I freaked out about not being together, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna come on part of because we have you know kids that have different spring yeah. breaks." He was like, "I'm gonna come on part of yours," and I was like, oh, like instantly, right. I felt so much better." So I kind of have all of them. All of them. I mean, I think all of them is a good thing. And then that's also, you know, your value and what you like deserve, you know, with a little of everything. Totally. Yeah. We always do the test. I get the same one that mine is. What's yours? Words of affirmation, right? Is that what I always get, Lou? Yeah. Yeah. I like access service. Mm. Like if my husband puts away the dishes. That's awesome. Like things like that, like little things that are going to help my day in any way, letting me sleep in or access service or my big cheese. Awesome. <laughs> Do you know yours, George? My love language? Yeah. Um, Have you taken the test? I'm, no, I haven't even taken the test. All right. We're going to do the test. I want to, yeah, I want to hear it. Some- <laughs> um, what would be your death row last meal? Cacio pepe pasta. Mm-hmm. Cacio bread. Mm-hmm. Yum. And then, uh, what dessert? I love you're frozen like, yogurt. You're like, I need dessert with this meal. Like, you're like, going the sure. whole, for oh, sure. Oh, a giant martini. Okay. <laughs> and, and frozen uh, yogurt. I love it. Do you get toppings? Yeah. What, what like, are your toppings? I love sprinkles. I love sprinkles. sprinkles Do you call them so Jimmy's good. or sprinkles? Sprinkles. Sprinkles, yeah. Well, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what frozen, like a brand of frozen yogurt? No, like I used to go to the Big Chill nonstop. Iconic. But Love the Big so Chill. It's so good. But then it was too far away and they changed their hours during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, forget it. So now I go to the yogurt shop on the West Side. That one. Vanilla custard is my jam. Or chocolate custard. I'm a vanilla person. I love love custard. It's really good. It's super good. I love on the East Coast, when we vacation, they call it frozen custard. They don't call it. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. What kind of pasta did you say? Cacio pepe. It's basically just olive oil, Parmesan. Pepper, right? A lot of pepper. pepper. Mm. Sometimes there's too much pepper. it's so good. Yeah. Sometimes they really over. over Yeah. I don't like with the egg. I don't like the egg Yeah, no. I'm with you. But I love that that's From home or a restaurant? At a restaurant. Is there a restaurant specific one that you need? Yeah, Tre Luna. (laughs) Tre Luna in Montecito is, that's, they have the best one. It's so 
<laughs> I think I'm really hungry. So. And they, know, they like, also yeah, have yeah, like no. the best martini. It's really good. Well, then oh. you're just getting your last meal. That'll from there. probably be my birthday meal this week. Oh, you're gonna go oh, out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so nice. Well, yeah. this will air after, so no one will know you're there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're good. Oh, that's so nice. What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? Ooh, he's so brilliant. It was funny because I knew we had this question and you're like, Julian wanted to watch Castaway. <laughs> He's like, do you think I'd be free? And I'd be like, well, it's a little disturbing. <laughs> you're like, Joe versus the volcano, though. It's similar, but different. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'd have to say Forrest Gump. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I haven't seen that Me in too. so I haven't long. either. But that's, I like that choice. Tom, me, Tom Hanks? Um, what's the, um, um, Oh God! Of course, I didn't even think of my answer. I mean, I I think what? I thought I can you tell big, me big right? Well, I was oh my say God! Big, big. That's my so favorite. good. Big was so big good. is great. Sleeps in Seattle. Although Sleep I haven't seen Seattle. it like a million yeah. times, but I do that thing like you do it. underrated Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> you seen? You've seen that one? Of course. Have you seen that? Yeah. Were they like in the, the band? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, Jonathan Blue, do you Shake have one? Yes. Yes. You're right. And I also like Joe versus the volcano. Sorry. He's I been think. in so many. It's like hard. I know. You That's can. why it's a good yeah, question. He's because so good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, there's literally a million. Okay. Um, what can you say at the dinner table that you can also say in bed? <laughs> <laughs> I like your face. <laughs> eat it? That's a good question. <laughs> what? I said eat it. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> That was brilliant. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. Oh, my God. I didn't think of an answer for that either. Oh, my God. You just absolutely. <laughs> well, now I need to hear your answer. <laughs> more, please. I was Olivia, I was going to say more. That's please. really good. That's more, way, please. That's way, more, way more gentle. <laughs> oh, I love that you went for it. Oh, my God. Oh, no, because we've been going a little gentle on you. We've gone happy that you just... <laughs> Normally, like, we will fully go there with all of the things, but we were just like, we're going to talk about. She's a Yale graduate. We couldn't ask her, like, two ratchet of questions. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so she just funny. said, eat it. Okay, George? We're <laughs> <laughs> getting ratchet vibes. Oh, oh, we're good God. here. We are good here. <laughs> That's really funny. More please is good, too. Rachel's Phil. like, pass the piece. <laughs> pass the piece. And I'm like, fill her up. Wait, wait no, no, you that's have a good to one. answer, fill too. Fill her up is good, right? That's no, I don't want to be filled. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need any of that. <laughs> you don't want to be filled up. <laughs> oh my god! No, derailed, derailed. I tell you, I love that you were willing to go there, and I'm so happy that you were able to come all this way. Thank you. I'm happy to. <laughs> and oh my god, wait. Oh, there was two things I was going to tell you. One, when we touched on New Orleans, we were staying in when we were there. It was Nick Cage's house. At the time, Whoa. fully haunted. Oh, wow. Fully haunted. Like the scariest thing. And I was alone a lot because you guys oh were God. working. I would come home and I would lock myself like in the bedroom. And even if I was hungry, right? I'd like oh bring gosh. like some snacks really up to the scary. room. And I would never leave the room. It was terrifying. But New Orleans Wait, was fucking what? awesome. What Did you see that? stuff or hear I stuff? I want to do that. I heard you want to do, you want to stay in that house? How do you feel yeah. about that? I don't, I don't want to, like, I believe in, like, supernatural yeah. stuff. I don't want to mess with it. No. Mm -hmm. You know? At all. Scared. Did you hear stuff or did you? It was a feeling, mm. you know? It was, like, a weird yeah. vibe. I mean, you know, the house is there. They're so yeah. 
old and beautiful and and but there were definitely like mm-hmm. there was some shit in that That's house. Mm-hmm. It was so. Did creepy. everyone oh, yeah. know I it? Scared. Yeah, I think it's known that it it was a haunted house. And it was Nick Cage's house. It was Nick Cage's house. So he rented it out or something to you? Not to me, but I mean, well, you were staying there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it was. We that's where we were staying at the time. <laughs> that sounds really were there weird. Pictures of him around. Of, I feel like I was <laughs> <snowballing>. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's why it was haunted. He was everywhere. Oh haunted by Nick. Oh my god, it was so weird. It was really such a weird feeling. And then I remember by Nick Cage. Haunted himself. by Nick Cage. Wait, that would be amazing if the guy. <laughs> And I remember our rental car got like stolen out of the driveway. It was like oh, such whoa. a weird like experience. Awful. Yeah, that was like oh, that I like when I was like, huh? I swear I put the car there, and then it was gone. I don't know. It uh, was really an experience, but it, I just remember his haunted house. Um, but yes, I do believe in ghosts. But I, just like you, I don't want to mess with it. No, I don't want to see him. I don't want to cuddle with them. I'm, no. I don't want Nick Cage to haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> what are you guys going to do for the 20th anniversary? Of the OC? Uh-huh. I don't know if there's anything actually going to happen. Should be like an OC reunion. Like there, there was a Friends reunion. Yeah. There, that'd be, be iconic. So that would be and it's fun. so popular now, too. Like that show's come around to younger generation. Yeah. People freaking love it. It would be good to do something. It's so surreal. Like, you're 22 years with Fast and the Furious. It's weird, yeah. 20 years, and you're like, I was 21, and you were 20. It's just... And I've said this a few times. I had to rewatch the show for a rewatch podcast, and I got so emotional, like, watching it. Because you're looking at yourself so young. Yeah. And everything you've been through in that span of time, and I know Mm -hmm. it would be similar for you... It's so crazy because you're just like looking at this person and you're like, oh my goodness, like all the things, the choices and the, yeah. And it was like, it was kind of a trip. I don't know if you ever would go back and watch, you know, your franchise from the beginning to the end. Sometimes when I go back, I'm like, oh my God, I was so much better than I thought I was. (laughs) Oh, like what a waste of time agonizing over like, I'm not good enough for this. Like what a like, I was like, oh, my God, I rocked. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. You know? You yeah. did rock. Yeah. But all the stories we tell ourselves. Totally. our younger selves that you were like yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah. It's so true. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. In our old age lady. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it's true. You just gain a lot of perspective and yeah. life. And everything, you know, not so bad. Totally. Yeah. Um, but this was a beautiful conversation, and I really appreciate how open you know you are about your journey and everything totally, else. And for sure, you're so beautiful and you're so, so sweet and yeah, so funny, literally and stunning. I'm like, because did anyone ever tell you like Ali McGraw? Thank love you. Story? Do you know who she is? Yeah, and like yeah. young Demi Moore too. I get <laughs> both you. of those combined. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So again, thank you so much, of and course. thank you guys. It was really fun. This was fun. <laughs> Rachel and I are total creeps. Did you know that, Rob? Yeah, I was well aware of this. Okay. Oh, good. We talk so much, it's not normal. It's probably bad for the show that you guys talk so much off mic. You would think, yet we still have so much to talk about. And Olivia, I literally thought, like, I'm like, I'm like maybe she's not awake yet because we it's 9.30 a.m. right now. And normally we have spoken multiple times by yeah. this time of the morning. So I thought that maybe you weren't awake yet. And I was like, she's going to miss our post recording. No, we, 
what what stuff do you guys talk about that you can't say in front of me? I feel like you're pretty unhinged in front of me. We can say anything in front of you. It's not it's not that. It's that we like to talk about other people's private business. We're fine talking about our private business with the world. Got it. Right? <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> but when it comes to other people's private business that Rachel and I like to discuss, we try and... So most of your conversations yeah. outside the podcast are just you shit talking people, you know? No, not shit talking, processing. Or gossiping, gossiping. No, no. Processing. processing. That's a good way to put it. I guess that's a decent spin on it, but it's a true spin on it. We're it's not truth. like what an idiot. We're like, what what do you think's under that? What do you think she's going through? Or what do you think or he's like, yeah. you know, we're literally processing it like we're um psychological investigators on the case. <laughs> We are psychological investigators. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun job. It's so fun. How come no one... Oh, wait, they do pay me. I was going to say, how come no one pays me? <laughs> That's literally what you get paid for. <laughs> you want to talk to us about your other fun jobs, Rachel? My other fun jobs? Yeah. yeah. Jobs I don't have that any. you were. Yeah, you don't. It's been an interesting week, guys. This is the first time it's ever happened to me in my professional life that I lost a job this week because of things that were said and then spun in the press and clickbait headlines and whatnot. Um, I lost my first job and... And it, it wasn't this podcast, surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly, it wasn't our podcast. <laughs> Another clarification, though, it's not like you were up for a job and lost it. A job got pulled from you. Yes. Which is worse. Yeah, a job got taken away from me because I was speaking candidly and openly about sex in a humorous way on our friend's podcast. And it was spun and put out as these clickbait headlines. Not only that, I basically got a job that I already had pulled from me because I was speaking openly about sex. Now, in this day and age, I'm baffled. <laughs> um, a single mom, a woman, lost a job because they were being candid and honest and the subject was sex. Was it was this a conservative brand or I have no idea. I didn't know anything about the brand. You were selling Bibles for this company? No, Rob. No. <laughs> but but here's the part that's the most upsetting is that we're allowed to look at you like a sex symbol. And I know you're gonna get uncomfortable with that, but the truth of the matter is Many a people have a massive crush on you and had for years and they're fine putting you in sexy photos and sex scenes in movies and all of that. But the minute you open your mouth and say anything about sex, you get a job pulled. How is that okay? You know, and reflecting on it, I mean, the language that was used in the clickbait headlines. Sure. I was like, oh, I want to be fucking manhandled. First of all, I said it in a joking manner in the interview. Like, yeah, I want to get fucking manhandled. Basically, it's like, okay, give control or take control in the bedroom. Whatever. We were speaking candidly, talking about sex positions. And because that specific line was pulled and it made it sound a certain way, you know, I didn't even have a chance to defend myself. I didn't have a chance to speak about it. So, you know, we're talking about it here just because... You know, 
I'm a single mom. Like I need these jobs, you know, like I don't want to make it sound like, but you know, every, everything counts. You know, I provide a lot for my family and my daughter and regardless of anything else, it all, it all matters. And how do they think you got your daughter? You had sex. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think it was a conservative (laughs) brand when it came to light and they said they weren't comfortable with that headline and that if people keep Googling, they'll see the other things that I've commented on, which was orgasms. And I'm just like, I feel like it's discrimination. It is. I feel like that's something that brands should look for in a spokesperson, that they're willing to speak openly and speak their mind. I was just, I was floored. I cried, you know? my baby. Well, and this wasn't a brand that like, this wasn't you going on Sesame Street or selling children's clothing. No. (laughs) <laughs> this is a very broadly appealing brand used by the masses. And so is sex. It's broadly used by the masses. Yeah. And, you know, like we know, I grew up in a very open household where things are talked about. You know, my mom specifically very openly talks about sex in a sacred way. So, you know, I've been floored, honestly, that... Everything was set in motion and I lost the job. It sucks. It does suck. And it brings to light that what that means, like as the narrative is like shaming women for speaking openly. And there's plenty of women that speak openly about sex, but maybe they don't have your, you know, kind of all American feel or Maybe they're not as girl next door as people would like to see you. But the part that really upsets me is there's no problem with showing sexuality in media in any way, shape or form. And yet you say something so benign as, you know, kind of like a throwaway joke. And even if it wasn't, even if you were just talking preferences, that shouldn't matter. Well, we were talking preferences. And I right. wonder, like, if I wouldn't have joked and said, you know, manhandled, which literally is just like, oh, I like it if a male has more control in the bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, if I said it like that, would that make a difference? But then I think they thought, oh, well, they'll Google and see all the other things you've said. I haven't said anything inappropriate. No. And like choice of language. If I could go back now knowing that I lost a job, maybe I would say it differently, but I still wouldn't not say it. Yeah. But I think, look, everything either happens for you or against you, period. It's only those two options. And if you look at it like this happened against me, and if I could go back and say it different, I would. Sure. However, I think it's an it actually brings up a greater opportunity to address some of the stigmas and shame and narratives that go around women and sexuality. And right. unfortunately, you're kind of being used for that in a way. Well, and and every time you open your mouth about it, that's what people are looking for and grabbing headlines for. Like that's we're not putting out an episode about you talking about being manhandled. That's just what they're grabbing from any place that you go and talk about your sexuality. Right. And it's really not that much. If you were to listen to our entire, you know. Yeah, if you listen to the conversation. We're putting out two hours of content every week. And in the last year, 
there's these like three or four sound bites that really caught fire. And every time you talk about something like that, that's what they go and grab. Yeah. And it's frustrating because we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. We talk about everything. And it's like this one little thing. And it's like, now am I being pigeonholed like where I am just like talking about sex, like super graphically or all the time or like, you know, it's like pinning me as this person. And it's frustrating for me. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I'm frustrated. And it makes me want to like shut up. I think there's also an opportunity for you to, I mean, you're addressing it and talking about it in appropriate ways to be kind of a representation of how to do it properly. Yeah, look, the bigger conversation is that, you know, and I've been raped. My mom, you know, has always wanted to start with adolescents and talk to them about sex in a healthy way and educate, you know, which I think is important. And I might joke around and be a little vulgar sometimes because, you know, we're just shooting the shit and it's funny or whatever. But like, that's not the brand I'm putting out or the message I'm putting out or the narrative. I just don't want such a stigma or things to be so taboo when everybody talks about this with your girlfriends or maybe some people don't. That's fine. That's a different whatever. But like, this is what we do and we want to be accessible and and relatable because we're human. That's right. Well, and I I think you're setting a good example for women and I mean, even prior of like, yeah, you can talk about this stuff and not be ashamed of it. I feel shamed by this company. Well, you were, to be honest. And, you know, we've had a lot of people write in about, because I think you addressed something on one of our posts about how there was like headlines about that comment. And people have written in and just said like, please, Rachel, don't hold back. Like, we need you to be this open. And it brings us comfort and kind of fuck what... Those people think those aren't your listeners. We are. And the truth of the matter is the whole point of this podcast is for people to have a space where they feel like they're with their friends and they get that slice of comfort when they're in their car or having a rough day. And that's the feedback we're getting is that people feel part of and they feel like they're just with their friends and it's so candid and open and real and relatable. And for you to hold back would be holding back from all those people that are actually getting relief from it and learning things from it. And so it sucks, but it's like, you have to ask yourself, like, who am I doing this for? But like, I've been put in this position now where I have lost a job that I needed. Exactly. I know. Because I speak candidly. And you speak about so many other things. That's the annoying part. It's like, why don't we talk? Why don't you make headlines about like, advocating for mental health and for therapy and for things that actually make a difference. They don't care to put that because it's not clickbait. Amen. What's your favorite position, Rob? (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite position? That's cool with me. It's not my favorite, favorite, but but I'll do do it for you. What's your favorite dish? I'm not gonna cook it but i'll but order, I'll order it, it from zanzibar <laughs> Rob, see nothing? jack black's allowed to make songs like that no one bats an eye <laughs> guys i went to a dive bar last night what a real yeah a real dive bar where you could smoke inside <gasps> it wow. was I didn't smoke but, you can, or drink. Where but can you smoke inside still? In Pennsylvania. There's this little <laughs> dive bar and we went and I came home smelling like I was in my 20s. 
And did it feel good or bad? It was fun to be out and like be in there. I was like, this no, is No, I meant like smelling like you were in your 20s. I hated it. <laughs> I had to smoke for this movie. You did? You didn't know that? I oh, yeah, smoke. you told me this. Yeah. Did they give you fake cigarettes? They did, like the herbal ones without the nicotine, because I cannot have nicotine hit my system. No, you'll be... I will be a full-blown a smoker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was the dive bar triggering for you? Um, Not at all. I had my Diet Coke. And That's your special. Yep. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like, I will say this. This was like a nice, sweet little moment last night. There's been this guy that like helps with the movie and... He was driving and he turned to me and he goes, guess what? I have 19 years without a drink. And I was like, no way. I was like, I have almost 13. And he's like, he was kind of like shocked because uh, in this little town, there's not people that are really sober and out about it. And it was like a mm -hmm. really sweet little Godshot moment where. I love that. That was on the way to the dive bar together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cute. But I love that. I love yeah. those little God shots where it's like so synchronistic and makes you feel like you're on the right path. I love that. And then yeah. you both relapsed last night. Then we had shots of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm grateful. And it's Olivia's last night of filming and she comes home tomorrow. Yes, I do. Our little movie star Aren't posting excited, the Rob? videos. On mm -hmm. set, like your little base camp and your yeah. things. Yeah. And you're making your friends. And I just felt very proud. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's Our girl so did cool. it. That's right. That's right. That's A moment right. of silence, of appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> silence is for death. I mean, whatever. How has it been for your family with you being away for so long? Horrible. Have you been talking to them a lot? You've just kind of, you've been off on your own. And, Can you uh, imagine if she wasn't? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm in character. I haven't talked to my kids talk in three to... weeks. No, I've been <laughs> FaceTiming them multiple times a day, obviously. And I'm not going to lie. They've had a rough time without me there. Well, yeah. But you're the friggin' the mom. anchor. You're Does the that mom. make you feel good? No, it makes me feel bad. <laughs> Does not make me feel good at all. Well, but um, would you feel good if they were thriving without you there? I'm like, come back whenever you want, mom. No, that would be awkward. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, what? You don't... So you want it somewhere on the spectrum. But the weird thing is Shepard doesn't seem like he misses me that much. <laughs> that's not true. Elliot does. He's just having a novel experience and that's fun for him. He's just like, whatever. He's running the roost. You know who misses me the most is Jeff. Is he, he wants me to come home. Losing his mind. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> He's not exactly who I would nominate <laughs> to go For on an extended <laughs> time without you. The mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does great, but you got to get home. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. for. It's a lot. It's a lot for anyone. Yeah. You guys. Wait, did you guys know that Claire Danes is pregnant? Did anyone know that? I did. I did not. I saw pictures from the, there was like a panel for Fleischmann's in trouble and she's fully pregnant. And I'm like, I had no idea. That's awesome. How old is she? She is 44. She's 44 and That's pregnant. Awesome. I was like, fuck yes. With you, Dancy's child, I'm assuming. Is that her first? They have one child, right, Rob? Um, It looks like he has two children. Huh? Did they have two kids? Yeah, they have two kids. Oh, 
this so is this their is their third? Oh. Um, unless they've already named the new one. What are their names? Cyrus and Rowan. Oh, they have two. Okay. How old are the kids? I'm just curious the age gap, and this is interesting to me. Four and ten years old. Four and ten. Four so and this is ten. Third. Okay. So it's a very uh, spread out, balanced age age range between all three. Me Do and you th- almost have the same birthday too, June nineteenth. Gemini. How cute. Do you think there's any truth? I know you guys aren't doctors. I know you played one, Rachel, but um, Mm -hmm. do you think there's any truth to once a woman gets pregnant, it's easier for her to get pregnant? Like if someone's trying for the first time at 44, do you think it's going to be harder than someone who's already had two children? Like, do you think that that's actually a thing? You mean like if it's her first time at 44 trying to get pregnant? Correct. As a scientist, what do you think? <laughs> I know, I'm like, no, I've very... always heard, I've always heard that, and I'm like, I wonder if that, if there's truth to that, or if it's a, you know, wives' tale. It seems tale. to make sense to me. I feel like I get pregnant easily, and I feel like that would continue until I couldn't get pregnant anymore. That's just my hypothesis. My hypothesis. My hypothesis. I have a hypothesis. I'm not saying it could go to term or like it would be healthy, like happen, you know, like fully, but I think I could get pregnant. Is that a weird theory? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Olivia, what have you been doing with all your downtime? Um, Boot barn. I've gone to the boot barn. I've gone to Cracker Barrel. Okay, I had really good pancakes. You went pancakes. to Cracker Barrel? I did. I went. Well, because the guys were going and I was like, fine, I'll go. And I will How could you not say, tell me this? I thought I told you. Sorry. This is important information. Go ahead. The pancakes were amazing. Yes. Yes, they are. I didn't know this. At the general store, you can buy the pancake mix. I like the general store. It's <laughs> like she's like, I do, fine. I do like the general. I do like the I general do. store. I, I love do. it. And all the rocking chairs out for, come on. I know. Well, I had never had the pancakes because normally I'm gluten free, but there's not many options here for gluten free. <laughs> so I was like, I'll indulge. And I was like, okay. All right. See, can I tell you something that I don't know if this is okay to say, but I ordered from Applebee's. Yeah. Because there's only a few places you can order from here. And I got like chicken and broccoli and mashed potatoes. And I took one bite of the chicken and I was like, no, 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 no. Did it taste like chicken? I told someone about it and he was like, yeah, because they microwave it. (gasps) Yeah. Wait, but you know, like if you order chicken and it tastes like chicken and it's not like doesn't have any flavor like to hide the chicken yeah it was like chicken rubbery chicken yeah no but then i i don't i don't want to shame <laughs> applebee's <laughs> but i, I was uh, not, i wasn't happy i'm down for an applebee's i don't care but i'm just so happy that you have finally crossed over and can appreciate cracker barrel we're going on a road trip there's we one are- in rialto we're going to Cracker Barrel. We're taking Dustin with us because apparently he loves he Cracker loves, Barrel. He loves Cracker Barrel. And my boy, <laughs> him and Shane went on a road trip to, I think, Camarillo for Cracker Barrel. There's one in Camarillo. Yeah. I just know that there's one in Rialto and we're going. Where's Rialto? It's east. Well, guess who's <laughs> not coming with us to that? Rob. Rob. No. Rob. Come on, Rob. Come on a cra- Cracker Barrel road trip with us. We can Come like document the whole experience. That's going to be the best. Documenting Rob, our little snobby yeah. Robbie. 
you have loves to. his Michelin star restaurants eating at Cracker Barrel. You're going to like the pancakes, at least. That I know. I've I want the, the cra- I've had the pancakes. I've been you have? Eaten. So good. I'd only been there once before. And... My family only vacationed by road trip. And... So you did many a Cracker Barrel. Yes, many Cracker Barrel breakfasts. I love it. It was one of the first places as a baby that Briar went in her little, you know, portable car seat. And I remember her sitting in her car seat and she stared at the fans in Cracker Barrel the entire time and was so happy. So see, Cracker Barrel appeals to all ages. Yeah. My memories of it are more, there was always a wait for some reason. And then just like wandering around. The, the store. general, general store, store. and their toys. You must have been thrilled trying to pick out toys that my parents wouldn't buy us. <laughs> we're on a road trip, and there's no room for shit. Oh, that sucks. But the candy—I mean, come on. I don't think we got candy either. Oh, Did you have sad. any joy as a child? <laughs> the pet no, game, no. the little game on the table. I do like. I do remember playing the game too, and like, you know, yeah, guys, oh, yeah. and the fireplaces. Come on, I want to go right now. I think I've been um, flipped. I think I've been flipped. I'm so happy to hear it. That brings me more joy than you could know. I can't believe I didn't tell you I went. It's like I cheated on you. Yeah. Like, I'm honestly a little offended, but it's okay. I'm just happy you've crossed over. Thank God. I have a question. Yeah. How do you feel about people keeping things to themselves in friendships? Oh, What kind of things and how close are the friends? So like best friends. Okay, what if I got back with an ex that no one liked or whatever? It was like a bad relationship and I was with the person. Right. Do you feel like friends are obligated to tell you their truths or do you think everyone's entitled to their (sighs) privacy? Like you guys, I don't have any friends that like (laughs) I talk to on a daily basis that should know every single thing about me from a personal level there's like right. anonymity like in personal lives you're saying and like it's or old. or i have friends that like will talk about certain buckets of our lives but i don't have one that is like buckets? here's every single thing <laughs> well what like, if like, yeah like we do we have friends that it's like every single thing it's like she feels weird that i went to cracker barrel and didn't tell her <laughs> right which I get, and I'm sorry. So it is It is dependent on the relationship. Like, yeah. with us, we literally know everything about each other. We're very open, and we share all. So it would feel really weird. It depends on the item, too. Like, it's only a big deal about Cracker Barrel because you know how much Rachel loves Cracker Barrel. Yeah, yeah so she should if have told me. If this was, like, you went and got coffee down at the hotel bar this morning, and it was gross... And you didn't tell her that. No, like, Rob. It's like Rob and all his like star coffee dates that he keeps to himself. I bet she wants to know what I put in my coffee this morning. I know what you put and in I, your coffee. No, I be, and I was going to say, it's like you don't even know me. You have no idea what I put in my coffee this morning. Oh, because they didn't have fake sugar? Well, I bought fake sugar, but the creamer is not. It's like. Oh, those, it's coffee mate. So, yeah. So I've been using the hazelnut like pump. Co- coffee mate situation yeah you didn't know that well look it see i still guessed what it was even though you i did. know how you, you did normally good. take your coffee yeah we're just sick though like we're so intertwined <laughs> in each other's lives i don't think it's an issue if you have friends that you don't tell every single thing to but what about but what about 
like that specifically, like if they were hiding something like that, that's not good she, for them. Let's say I don't. Well, yeah, that's di- there's then you're dealing with like shame and their own personal thing. And it's not about the friendship at that point. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That's a good point. Very woke of you, Rob. <laughs> He's being insightful. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. And I also think you didn't tell her about Cracker Barrel because you forgot. This wasn't an intentional, like, I don't want Rachel to know this. If she asked me if I went to Cracker Barrel, I'm going to tell her no. I'm more offended that she forgot because she knows how much, like, how big of a deal that For my 40th birthday, all I wanted to do was go to Cracker Barrel. That's what I was going to do. I was like, we're driving an hour or whatever to Cracker Barrel. But it was like COVID times and there was like a spike and no one was eating inside. And I was like, the only thing I wanted for my 40th birthday was taken from me. All right, for your 50th next year, we'll take you to Cracker Barrel. Let's do a redo. I want to go to Cracker Barrel. Let's do it. Cracker Barrel. Guys, Rob, you're coming. I don't care. You are coming. All right. Oh, that's He's excited. So excited. Well, on that note. On that note, I love Jordana. I'm, it was so good to see her again. And I just think she's such a beautiful human being inside and out. And, and we can't wait to go see Fast X. Fast X. Fast X. Fast X. <laughs> yes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening to all of our woes and our ways. <laughs> see you next week. Until next week. Bye.